plant medicine won't heal you, but it will pave the way for your healing. The actual process of healing is up to you. Now, if you've ever been curious about my journey with plant medicine, this episode is a must listen. However, if you have yet to hear about my journey with plant medicine prior to this episode, um, including my journey in Peru, I highly recommend hitting pause now and listening to episodes 155, 157, and 160. Now, as for today's episode, in this episode, I talk about my experience with different plant medicines and sacred medicines. So tune in and learn about the dangers found within the neo-shaman world, how to know when plant medicine is truly plant medicine and not a synthetic version, the importance of sitting in safe spaces with trained and initiated facilitators, and tips to begin your journey with sacred medicines. Now, as you will hear in this episode, I am now a trained combo practitioner, more on that in this episode. But if you are interested in booking a private combo ceremony with me in our, our sanctuary in Austin, Texas, just head to rubyframon.com forward slash combo, K-A-M-B-O to get started. That link and more will be in the show notes. And just as a reminder, my book, Potent Leadership is still out there. It's available on Amazon and it's now on Audible. So head to potentleadership.com to grab your copy of the book or just head to Amazon, wherever you're at. And if you hate Amazon and you don't like Audible, then you can walk into your local bookstore and ask them to order you a copy of Potent Leadership. Now, whether you are a loyal listener or a brand new to the podcast, please take a moment to download a few episodes and drop a rating and review on iTunes. Every single download rating and review helps get this podcast out to more leaders around the world. And if you have yet to do this, but you appreciate the content that I share on the podcast, please just fucking do it. <laughs> drop me a rating and review because this really, really helps me out. Um, and it'll help amplify my service. So just do it. Now it is time to talk about combo ayahuasca and my journey with sacred medicines. Beyond the narrative underneath the veil of illusion and deep within your center, therein lies potent truth. Welcome to potent truth where today's leaders, change makers, and light carriers come together to question the narrative, arrive at potent truth, and lead with sovereignty. What is potency? It's who you are beneath the masks, facades, and protective gear. It's the medicine humanity yearns for, cries out for, prays for, and needs. Your potency is what sets you apart, magnetizes your following, and creates movements. Join me, Ruby Fremon, for weekly guidance, channeled messages, and potent conversations that will take you on a journey of self-discovery. I am here to guide you to a place of unraveling the programming that's been keeping us stuck for generations, unlocking potent truth and expressing it through sovereign leadership. It's time for change. It's time for potent truth. Hey, leaders and truth seekers, welcome to another edition of Potent Truth. And today, 
I want to talk about something that I've been, um, I've received a lot of requests for. Um, so if you've been listening for a while, you know that I have been on a journey with plant medicines and sacred medicines for a while. And I've spoken about this a number of times on the podcast. I even have a few episodes dedicated to my trip to Peru and my plant medicine dieta with the Shipibo tribe in the Amazon jungle. Uh, if you didn't hear those episodes yet, because you're pretty new around here, I highly recommend listening to episode number 155, 157, and 160. Now, I've been receiving a lot of questions about my journey and a lot of people requesting that I speak more about the journey. So this episode is really dedicated to my journey so far with sacred medicines. And I want to make one thing clear before we begin. I am not a doctor. I am not providing health advice. I am simply a guide and I am sharing from my own unique experiences. Plant medicine and sacred medicines, they have to call you in. You know, this isn't just for someone who's curious. This is for someone who feels deeply, deeply called to do this work. And I will say that not every medicine is a psychedelic. And I think that that's a really big myth that all these plant medicines and indigenous sacred medicines are, are psychedelics and they're not. Um, so I just want to make all of that clear. So everything shared in today's episode is not meant to be taken as health advice. I am simply sharing from my own perspective, from my own journey. And these are my thoughts and opinions and insights. Okay. So just want to make that clear. Now, my journey with plant medicines began in 2018. I had actually felt the call to ayahuasca prior to that. And I think it was around 2014 or 2015 when I first entered my sobriety. So I entered my sobriety in November, 2014. That was when I quit alcohol. And prior to that, I quit drugs back in 2013. And when that happened very soon afterwards, I remember hearing about ayahuasca, seeing articles on ayahuasca. It was just coming into my peripheral and uh, the idea of sitting with ayahuasca really intrigued me at that time. And at the same time, it freaked the shit out of me because I had just become sober. So my fear was that if I get into this plant medicine space, I would just become an addict again. Now that's completely false. Um, you, you can't become addicted to the actual substances of plant medicines. You can become addicted to, um, the experiences. And I'll talk about that later, but you cannot become addicted to these things. So, um, and I will also say that all plant medicines and sacred medicines must be used with caution. So I first felt the call around 2015, 2014, 2015, um, but I was scared. I was hesitant. I didn't want to disrupt my sobriety. So I just continued on my journey. And in 2018, and I've shared about this in previous episodes, 
of the podcast, I was really, really struggling. Uh, So 2017, what happened was my business blew up. I hosted my first three-day event in Los Angeles and sold out. We had just over a hundred people at that event. And from that event, I sold out my entire business. Every single coaching uh, spot was taken and my business really just blew up. And it was great for a while. And 2018 hit and I started to experience um, feelings of depression and anxiety that I had. I mean, and I hadn't experienced depression and anxiety since I really kicked all of that out of my system, um, probably around uh, 2013. Um, I went off of antidepressants in 2013 and my last real depressive episode with serious anxiety was probably around 2004, 2005. So when it came back into my life in 2018, it, it felt like it came out of nowhere. And yet at the same time, it felt like it had just been creeping up. Like I was probably dealing with it in 2017 and wasn't paying much attention to it because my business was blowing up and everything was great, but it got progressively worse in 2018. And it got to the point where two weeks out of every month, I mean, two weeks, I became a completely different person. I was unrecognizable to myself and to my husband. I was dealing with depression, feelings of depression that brought on suicidal ideation and suicidal thoughts. And I hadn't dealt with suicidal ideation and suicidal thoughts since my very early twenties. So this, it felt like it came out of nowhere and none of my tools were working. None of the tools that I knew about, like that I've done, that I practiced with success were working. And the anxiety was horrible. I would wake up in the middle of the night with anxiety attacks, like just anxiety attacks would wake me up in the middle of the night. And during the day, my hands would shake, like my body would literally shake. It felt like my nervous system was completely messed up. And then in addition to all of that, I was experiencing memory loss and brain fog. And the memory loss was so severe during these two weeks of the month that I could be talking to a client and I would forget their name mid-sentence. All of this, as you can imagine, started to disrupt my work and my ability to really serve. And for those two weeks out of every month, It got to a point where all I could do would be lock myself up in the bedroom or just sit with myself because I felt so ashamed of how I was feeling. I didn't understand how I could feel what I was feeling and experience what I was experiencing when everything in my life was good. I've already kicked all of this shit out of my system. I've already done so much inner work. Like, where is this coming from? And that's what I meant by, like, I felt like I didn't recognize myself. I really didn't. It would feel like someone came in and hijacked my body for two weeks out of the month. So towards uh, the summer of 2018, I started feeling the call to Aya again, to ayahuasca. And a friend of mine recommended someone that she had sat with. And not knowing much about 
the plant medicine space. I trusted my friend and my husband and I went and we joined this ceremonial circle. Again, we knew nothing about this. And I went in there, I'm going to be honest. I went into that experience super fucking scared because of my addiction. Like I was so scared that this would somehow disrupt my sobriety. So when we sat in ceremony circle, there was a lot of people there. I I would guess there was about 12 of us and they eased my anxiety about addiction saying that, you know, this is not going to be something you become addicted to. You're going to be okay. This can actually heal addiction, which is true. Ayahuasca can do that. So that first night with this plant medicine, quote unquote, plant medicine circle, they decided to start me on, um, a few things. So what I learned was this circle practiced something they called layering. And again, like I was so new to this space. I didn't know anything about this, but the way they described it, I was like, oh yeah, this makes sense. And how they described it is you start with one medicine, which will open this chakra. And then we add another medicine, which will open another chakra. And then you add another medicine, it opens this and you have this beautiful layered experience. And I was like, great, that sounds great. So I'm, I'm trying to remember what it was that they gave me, but I I feel like the first sit I had with them, it was like sassafras and mistletoe and something else, white lily, I think all of which are, you know, heart openers. However, when they dispersed these so-called plant medicines, they were in capsule form. And as soon as I saw that, my entire body was like, no, this is not plant medicine. This is synthetic. And I brought that concern up and they assured me, no, you know, this is from our shaman. They grind it up and put it into capsules. And I'm telling you, like these capsules were, had white powder in them. It looked just like, you know, the capsules of MDMA that I used to take when I worked in nightlife. So again, I trusted them. This is like long before I really cultivated a deep sense of inner knowing and self-trust. It's like, I had that inner knowing and my inner knowing is warning me like red flag. This is not plant medicine. This is synthetic, but I went along with it. And at first it was good. You know, um, I felt the heart opening and then it slowly started turning into what felt like an MDMA trip but a lot deeper. At one point, I basically couldn't peel myself off off the ground and I was scared and I was crying. And then by the end of the night, I was just like, (laughs) I need to be away from all these people. I need to be in my bed. I was freaking out. So that was the first time. The second time I went to sit with these same people, and I don't know why I went back the second time. I, I, again, like, I think I just put my trust in them. And this is before I cultivated self-trust, obviously. So the second time they were like, okay, we're going to sit you with ayahuasca. And I was like, great. This is like what I really, really want to sit with. 
And all of a sudden, they pull out this sachet of powder and they take a glass and they pour pineapple juice in the glass and they tell me this is just so it'll taste better. And then they pour the powder in the glass and then tell me to just stir it and wait a few minutes before I drink it. And again, my entire body was like, warning, warning, warning. This is not plant medicine. This is synthetic. And I raised that concern. I was like, oh, I thought ayahuasca was in liquid form, not powder form. And again, he said, well, our shaman does this stuff and now it becomes a powder. So it's easier to travel with and whatever. So I drank that that night. And again, it started off as a pretty beautiful experience. I, for the first time saw the grid, um, which for anyone who's had a psychedelic experience, you know what I'm talking about. For those of you who don't know, it's like looking up at the sky and seeing a, a big grid, like a big giant sacred geometry grid that our world is built upon, which really is symbolic of our world and our existence being this massive illusion. So that was really interesting. And then at the end of the night, it just, shit just got weird again. Um, so in these specific circles, um, these layering circles, everyone is on something different and everyone's allowed to talk and there's music playing. And so it's just, again, I didn't know what to expect for plant medicine. I thought this was normal. I didn't feel normal. Uh, but because I was so deep in it at that time, things started to feel not safe. So, you know, there'd be a group of people talking in this corner, another group of people talking in this corner, someone having a crazy experience, someone coming up in my face and like freaking out, like literally right in my face, freaking out. And all of it just freaked me out. And so again, I went to bed that night freaking out. And um, both of those journeys with this specific tribe of people with these supposed plant medicines, both of these journeys, I woke up the next day with um, a clenched jaw, which for anyone who has ever experienced ecstasy or MDMA or cocaine or any sort of recreational drugs, you know that this happens. Uh, you tend to grind your teeth or clench your jaw and you wake up with a really sore jaw in the morning. And that was a huge red flag. And when I experienced that for the second time, I was like, this, fuck this. Like, this is not plant medicine. This is a hundred percent synthetic. And I wrote that whole community off and this community still practices. Um, they have several different trained facilitators in different States in the world. So if you've ever heard of the term layering and you're looking for a real plant medicine experience, I'm just going to say, this is not a plant medicine experience, no matter what they tell you. It's not, it is a hundred percent synthetic and they will deny that completely. But I am telling you after all the work that I've done with plant medicines, I know the difference. This is a hundred percent synthetic. Ayahuasca does not come in a powdered form and these capsules are synthetically made. Okay. So that's where my journey began. After that, I ended up in a teepee in December of 2018. And this was initially the group that I really wanted to sit with. Um, and I finally sat with them and found myself in a teepee in the cold of California. And it, this was my first 
true experience with drinking real ayahuasca. <sighs> that ceremony. Wow. So, <laughs> so much to say, so little time. Um, it was a beautiful experience in that it revealed a lot to me. So the medicine, when I first put the cup to my lips and I tasted ayahuasca, I get, I actually get emotional talking about this. Um, it felt like I was coming home. Uh, the taste, which is very much like a really thick, uh, sour molasses. It's, it's not very pleasant. Um, it felt so familiar to my soul and to my spirit. And I knew immediately like, okay, I am home. That journey that night was so intense. First of all, I think there was close to like 20 of us in this teepee. And so it was very packed. We were placed next to each other uh, so tightly. And when you're in a psychedelic experience, especially with ayahuasca, like you're wide open. And so you can feel your own stuff moving around, but you can also feel other people's. And when you're really new at this work and you don't know how to shield and protect yourself, that can be disastrous because you're just picking up on everyone else's shit when you're wide open. Um, the facilitators of this tribe, um, I really am grateful for them and how much they did support me at the beginning of my journey with plant medicines. Um, but I will say that after sitting in different types of ceremonies, I understand what it really means to, to hold space for plant medicine ceremonies. And, and this circle wasn't quite doing that. And so I was going through a really traumatic night <laughs> and I mean, traumatic, like I was shown by ayahuasca, my pattern, um, a pattern that was actually making me sick. And that was the pattern of taking on other people's shit and putting it in my backpack and walking around with all that shit in my backpack. And it kept replaying that visual over and over and over again. And it was really painful to watch myself carrying around this backpacks, you know, having interactions with different family members, taking their shit, putting it in my backpack, walking around. I could feel the heaviness of the backpack. And this same visual literally played over and over and over again for hours. And I got to a point where I was like, just please fucking stop. Like, I get it. I get it. And no, she would press play again and it would go over and over and over. And I had to exit the teepee because I was so distraught. And I sat in front of the bonfire that we had going outside and I just cried and gave my tears to the fire. And I hung my head low, humbling myself. And I was like, I see this, please let it stop. And it didn't really stop. I journeyed the entire night that night. Um, I didn't get any sleep at all. I ended up with what really felt like PTSD for probably a week. And it was really severe for the first two days afterwards. And there was no real integration um, work that was being done with this specific circle. And, and so, it, it, I mean, as much... I, as, as difficult as it was, I also did get a, a lot out of that ceremony because I saw that pattern and I was like, okay, now the real work begins. And this is what people talk about when you say integration. 
So I could have been shown that visual a thousand times over a million times over, but the actual work of shifting that pattern of not taking on other people's shit, of not carrying it in my backpack, that's up to me. That is the integration. And this is where most people (laughs) fall behind with plant medicine. This is where most people get shit twisted. They think they can sit in an ayahuasca ceremony. Ayahuasca will take away everything for them and they're good. And it's like, that's not how this works. Ayahuasca, like all other sacred medicines is simply a tool to support you. Ayahuasca also known as grandmother medicine, because she's got a grandmother spirit. She will show you like reveal to you the things that you haven't seen or need to pay attention to but it's up to you to then do something with it. That's integration. So when that happened after my week of PTSD and I started calming my nervous system down, I started integrating that. And I found it so helpful. Like I was like, wow, like I'd never seen that in me before. And I could understand how this was contributing to what I was feeling and how sick I felt. Now around this same time, my naturopath had diagnosed me with something called PMDD. And in short, PMDD, like simply put, is when women experience the natural highs and lows of their hormones during their cycle, their brain will take that drop in the hormones and send a mixed signal, which triggers depression, anxiety, brain fog, memory loss, all sorts of things. So that's what was happening to me. And there's no cure there. There's nothing you can do. Unfortunately, many, many women, like thousands of women actually commit suicide because of this. Uh, I'm one of the lucky ones. And so here I am with this diagnosis. The only thing to help treat it is like go on birth control or go on antidepressants, which I was like, I've already cleared my system out of, from all prescriptions and pharmaceuticals. So no, I don't want to do this. Um, and if, you don't know. Uh, pharmaceutical industry is what actually kicked off my addiction. Uh, back when I was 22, um, I became addicted to benzos and no one ever questioned why I was refilling my prescription so much. That's another story uh, that I have talked about many times. But this is why plant medicine felt right for me because I didn't want to return back to the world of pharmaceuticals. So that was like my first sit with the actual ayahuasca drink, like the real ayahuasca drink. What you may not know about ayahuasca is that it's made out of two different plants. It's made out of the ayahuasca vine, um, which contains the active MAOIs. And then it's also made with chacruna leaves, which contain the DMT, the psychedelic effect. So these two plants are actually two totally different species of plants and they're found in different parts of the jungle, which is crazy. Um, but that's, that's what ayahuasca is and how it's made is the ayahuasca vine. The actual vine is pounded to soften it up and then they break it off into thinner sections, which allows for more extraction of the medicine. And then the softened broken up pieces of vine is placed in a large cooking pot and that pot is on top of a big fire. It's like a giant cauldron. And then the chacruna leaves are placed on top of the vine, the broken up vine. The chacruna leaves are torn up into small little pieces. 
And then they'll take another layer of vine and another layer of leaves and another layer of vine and another layer of leaves. And then they'll add a bunch of water, sometimes as much as 40 liters of water. And then this blend <clears throat> is cooked over the hot fire for several hours. And over time, the, the liquid in the pot begins to reduce, which extracts the medicine from the plant and increases the potency. And in this process, uh, they will pray over the medicine until the liquid is completely reduced and the medicine is potent. Um, so this is how they make ayahuasca traditionally in the Amazon. And this is done by different tribes in the Amazonian jungle. So that's a little background on ayahuasca. Now, my second sit with Aya, I went with the same tribe, but we didn't sit in teepee this time. We sat at their home. And that weekend, it was like two nights of ayahuasca on a Friday and Saturday night. And they asked, does anyone want to sit with combo on Saturday morning before our second ceremony with Aya? And I hadn't really heard of combo, but I was super curious. And again, at this point, I'm still struggling with PMDD. I just want to heal. So I said, yes, I will sit with combo. And I sat with combo the first time and how combo is applied. So a uh, combo is the secretion of the Philomedusa bicolor, uh, bicolor frog. And this is also found in the Amazon. And this secretion is toxic, which is why this frog has absolutely no known enemies in the forest. But it's applied to the second layer of the skin. So first they burn the top layer of your skin with an incense stick, which is a light burn, kind of like a blister. And then on that second layer of skin, the shiny layer, like you would see underneath a blister, the um, combo is applied in these little dots. And as soon as it's applied, I mean, almost immediately you start to feel the effects. And unlike ayahuasca, where the effects of Aya can be in your system for like eight hours. Combo is, you know, 20 to 30 minutes, maybe 40 max. The medicine is left on you for 20 minutes and you may feel the effects upwards of 40, but it's usually between 20 and 30. So I sat with that and I passed out <laughs> and I woke up and I felt like a new fucking person. And it was interesting because everyone around me was purging, but I didn't purge. I just passed out. I swept profusely, passed out, woke up. And all of a sudden I felt like a fucking warrior. And I was like, what was that? That was amazing. Um, and then I had a really great Aya ceremony that night. And in that Aya ceremony that night, I was told two words by ayahuasca and that was combo reset. I didn't know what that meant. And when we woke up in the morning, I told my facilitator about this and he said, oh, that's when you do three days back to back of combo. And I said, okay, well, I think I need to do that because grandmother medicine is, is guiding me in that direction. So, um, <laughs> we booked the combo three day reset and this is now 2019 it's summer of 2019. I was still dealing with PMDD. It actually gotten worse and I show up. And at this point I had sat with combo twice, but on two separate occasions. So this is my first time doing three back-to-back -back sessions. And 
we applied more combo than my first two sessions. We were doing five dots each day. And I remember the first day being like, okay, it was, it was hard and I could do it. I remember waking up the second day and thinking to myself, oh my God, how am I going to do this? <clears throat> but I got through it. And then the third day, oh my God, how am I going to do this? And I got through it because combo is really, it's not a psychedelic. It's uh, what is known as an ordeal experience, meaning you go through an ordeal in those 20 minutes. So basically what happens is as soon as the combo enters your system, when the dots are applied, you're going to start to feel heat rushing through your body, like a flushing throughout your entire body, your face, you're going to feel throbbing in your head and your ears. That's when you start to feel your heart race, like a intense cardio session. And, um, it's going to, you're going to start to feel a lot of pressure in your head. And, um, then all of a sudden the pressure drops and you get really cold. Um, you might feel dizzy. This is when the nausea kicks in. And this is most likely when people purge either North or South and, <clears throat> up until this point, like I wasn't a big purger, even in IA ceremonies, everyone else would purge. And I never did, you know, I would purge maybe down South, but not a lot. And in my first combo sit, I didn't purge at all, but I had some incredible effects from it. And my second combo sit, I did purge. And again, had incredible effects on the three-day reset. I purged all three times. And, um, I'm going to get more I'm going to provide more info on the purge. Keep listening to this episode because it's really interesting. You actually don't need to purge with combo to feel the effects of combo. And there's a lot of myths around purging. So I'm going to get to that. But let me just complete the story about my three-day reset with combo because it's fucking incredible. So completed the three-day ceremony with combo. And by the time I was done on that trip and went back home, I was just I felt exhausted. I mean, I had gone through an ordeal, but like two days after that was finished, I started noticing, um, just like an overall uplifting of my spirit, more energy in my body, more clarity in my mind. It felt like my entire body was clear and completely free of any toxins. Um, it, I felt a lot lighter and then my first month went by and I didn't have any symptoms of PMDD, no depression, no anxiety, no, no memory loss, no brain fog, none of it. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. But will this be the case next month? And it was the case the next month and the next month and the next month. And here I am in 2021 and I still have not had a sign of any of these symptoms. So combo truly helped me rid my body of PMDD, which was amazing. I, mean, I remember my husband saying to me, like, I feel like I got my wife back. And it was, it's like when everyone's telling you that you can't cure this, that you can't fix this, and you are so determined, and then you find a way it's, it's incredible. Like it's life-changing. And I knew I wanted to facilitate combo. Like I felt it. I felt it in that final third session of the three-day reset. But I also at the same time was feeling, who am I to do this work? 
because I felt like I was too new in the plant medicine, sacred medicine space. So I, I let that go and I continued on my journey. At this point in time, I felt complete with my combo experience. I knew I felt called to serve, but again, like I shelved that because I just didn't feel like I was ready to do that at that point. But I continued to sit with Aya. And another interesting thing, in my third sit with Aya, the real ayahuasca, she told me that I would be, and this was like in January of 2019, she told me that I would be in Peru in November sitting in the jungle. And when I came out of that ceremony and I processed that, I was like, wait, what, how the fuck is that going to happen? I couldn't fathom that happening with my business, like taking a month off and just going to Peru. I just didn't know. So I kept sitting with Aya. Um, and then the opportunity to go to Peru came up and it was summer of 2019 uh, a group was going in November and I was like, okay, the divine timing, I've got to go. So I just trusted that my schedule would clear itself. And of course it did. Now, as I was working my way up towards Peru, I continued sitting with ayahuasca locally. And it was like my sixth or seventh sit with Aya. And it was the last sit I did locally before leaving for Peru. And my intention was really just to prepare for Peru. And up until this point, I mean, this is my sixth or seventh sit. I had not purged with ayahuasca, <clears throat> which was interesting because if you've heard anything about ayahuasca or sat with ayahuasca, you know, that most people purge. And this is what a lot of people talk about is the purge, but I hadn't. And I was left feeling like I was doing it wrong. Um, which always frustrated me in ceremonies. So here I was in my sixth or seventh set and it was my like pre-Peru set. And I set the intention for the medicine to open me up for my Peru experience to act as an initiation for the jungle. And it was such a beautiful night. I ended up purging, which was such a huge celebration for me because it felt like I was really releasing something but it also felt like this massive activation of my throat, which has been a huge journey of mine to be able to use my voice. And I was channeling, channeling a lot in that, the moment after the purge, I started channeling and I was getting all these messages. And then all of a sudden I was told to quiet myself, but in a way that didn't feel polite or respectful. <clears throat> it felt like <sighs> the facilitator was threatened by what I was sharing. Like it was a really weird energy and a really weird dynamic. And I had been feeling this weird dynamic growing within this circle that I had been sitting with. And it was in that moment that I felt, okay, I think I'm complete with this circle. <laughs> so I ended up going to Peru. Now, if you've read my book, Potent Leadership, you've heard in great detail, my experience of Peru if you haven't, then go get a copy of my book, Potent Leadership. It's available on Amazon in all countries. And if you hate Amazon right now, cool. Just walk into your local bookstore and have them order it in for you. It's also available on Audible, which is super fucking exciting. So go get that. But back to Peru. So I went to Peru by myself. I don't want to get 
into all the details about Peru because you can go listen to episode 155, 157, and 160 to hear in great detail my journey in Peru. And I highly recommend listening to those episodes. Um, they're so, so good. And they provide a lot more in, in depth information on what makes a plant medicine dieta and more about the Shipibo culture, which is the tribe that I sat with. So Peru, I went there for a 14 day dieta and I was dieting Bobensana and Noyera, which are two master plants that I was prescribed by our maestro there. So in addition to ayahuasca, you're drinking these teas that are made out of these master plants and trees. And that was the first time, like, I felt like I was really at home with this medicine. Like the medicine had felt like home to me, but being in Peru felt like here's the home where I'm meant to drink this medicine. It was there that I finally realized how, how ayahuasca is meant to be served and the potency of this work with plant medicine. And I had never experienced that up until this point. I mean, the environment alone was hard. If I had just gone and not had any medicine and just was in that environment, that would have been life-changing. And again, I go into detail of that in episodes 155, 157, and 160. So in Peru, I learned a lot of lessons. Um, of course, I was there for two weeks in the jungle, completely checked out of oh, the modern world. But I learned the, the importance of feeling to heal, to stop pushing and forcing myself, which was a huge lesson with the purge because I found myself always forcing myself to purge because I thought I was doing it wrong. Whereas I realized, well, if I just am with the nausea and am with the pain that I'm feeling in ceremony, it'll eventually pass. So that was huge for me. Um, because my ceremonies were not like with ayahuasca, you probably hear a lot about ayahuasca experiences being beautiful, psychedelic, uplifting, life-changing, like all these crazy stories. And what I want to tell you is that the reality ayahuasca can take you into some really fucking dark places. And most of my ayahuasca experiences have been in those dark places, like the roots of my traumas, the roots of my ancestral trauma, the, the, just the dark shit that I don't want to see. Um, I've even had many, like so many journeys where it was actually painful in my body. So I say this because I don't, I don't want you to believe the shit that goes around about ayahuasca experiences always being this beautiful psychedelic thing. Sometimes you don't have, you seemingly don't have any psychedelic experience and you feel it only in your body. So it differs. It's different every single time. In Peru, I also felt a true healing of my ancestral lineage. And that was really, really powerful. And that's when I knew I was really starting to get to the deeper layers of the work that I, I wanted to do with myself, the inner work. So when I returned um, back to the States after my two week dieta, I continued sitting with ayahuasca with that tribe. So the people who were facilitating um, or yeah, who had facilitated the group in Peru, meaning they acted as the connection to the maestros in Peru, I started sitting with them because they sat in traditional Shipibo style sits 
and they were bestowed the lineage um, by this maestro to serve in this way, to serve under that name. And so finally, I found my ayahuasca tribe, a tribe that really held deep, holds deep reverence to the medicine and to the work and facilitates with great respect. So that continuing to sit with ayahuasca post Peru was really amazing because it has been really amazing because it's like, I feel like I finally got deep enough and have shed so many layers that now it's just like all this deep ancestral work that I get to do that is like fun, interesting, enlightening. Like I finally got in the hang of ayahuasca. And I remember um, in my last sit with ayahuasca, last meaning the last sit prior to recording this episode, it was like my 28th sit, I think 28th or 29th. And my intention was like, I just want to complete fucking ego death. And I told my facilitators that I was like, I feel like I've been slowly dying since 2018. Cause it really felt like that. I've been slowing that di- slowly dying. Everything's changed in my life. Like everything has fucking changed. I changed the way that I run my business. I stopped forcing. I stopped pushing. I've been in like a lot, a big feminine flow, like just embracing self-trust but I was feeling like I hadn't really had that big ego death. You know, the ones that they talk about again, kind of like talking about the beautiful psychedelic experiences. A lot of people talk about, Oh, the ego death. So my intention was that, and my facilitator laughed and he was like, okay. (laughs) Um, and in that ceremony, as soon as I dropped in, I just said very calmly, she's like, you've already died a thousand times. And I started laughing in ceremony. And then I had a beautiful weekend ceremony, which was very enlightening. And she told me that I could continue doing this work with her. um, And I could also just complete my work with her. So I'm still sitting with that again at this time of recording. I don't think I am complete with ayahuasca. I feel like she's given me so much um, and helped me shed a lot. I do believe that I will slow down with my work with her. And I will say back to the piece of integration, the reason why I have sat so often is because I am a huge integrator. So I am someone who, when I see something, I will fucking integrate it. And I share that with you because there's a big difference between going from ceremony to ceremony to ceremony, because you're addicted to that space and that feeling and not doing the work to going from ceremony to ceremony, but integrating in between each ceremony. So there is a difference. Now that leads me to this year, 2021, you know, and that's last sit with Aya was in 2021. And I felt really called to work with Bufo. So Bufo is the dried venom of the Bufo alvarius toad, which contains both 5-MeO-DMT and another psychotropic substance known as bufotenin, which is 5-HO-DMT. It provides a really brief but intense psychedelic experience. So unlike ayahuasca, which is like eight hours, this is like 15 to 30 minutes max. I mean, some people go even faster. But what's interesting is it provides this feeling of a complete, like complete dissolution of ego. 
And my dear friends had um, gifted me a session. So I went into that session in the privacy of their home and didn't know what to expect because I've done plant medicine, I've dieted master plants, done combo, I had done psilocybin, but Bufo was really, really new to me. And I think I felt really called to Bufo because ayahuasca is a very shadowy medicine. Like you're working a lot in the shadows. And again, like, unlike what a lot of people say, like, oh, it's so light and this and that it's not like she takes you to the roots of your traumas. And so I felt like I had been working on my traumas for so fucking long that like I've built these roots of my giant tree of life. And now I wanted to start building out my branches and Bufo called me. So that ceremony was interesting. You smoke Bufo and it's like the longest inhale of your life. And when you, and then after you smoke it, you in, you're not breathing out, you hold it in. And then as you hold it in, you just completely dissolve. And when I dissolved, I was, <clears throat> I felt myself being held, being put on the mat and all of a sudden the grid appears, but like, I'm part of the grid and I can't separate my body from the grid and everything is light and everything is white. And I look down and I can see my body, like I'm completely out of my body. And I kind of panicked and I heard my friend saying, just breathe. It could tell they knew I was panicking. And so I started doing my breath work. And then relaxed myself into that state, which is when Bufo really took over. And I felt the dissolution of ego. Now, Bufo, such a fucking gift for me at this time. A big struggle of mine has been receiving. I am someone who serves and I serve with my full heart. Um, this is why I love the work that I do. And it's like part of my ancestral trauma. The women in my lineage, and especially in Indian culture, we take on a lot. We serve a lot, but we don't let ourselves be served, you know? So, um, Aya had always worked with me with the terms of like receive surrender, but Bufo, she shared this to me in a different way. So as I was completely dissolved floating in <laughs> the, the Eververse, she said to me, it's safe to be held. And I could feel my friends doing some work on my body and they had made it like we had, I had given them permission prior to going in that, yes, you may touch my body and they were working on me and I could feel my ego self being like, ah, like, no, don't let them run away. Like, which is my autopilot response. But because I was out of my body and completely in this weird dissolution of ego, I couldn't do that. And so I just like received and I kept hearing it's safe to be held. It's safe to be held. It's safe to be held and started crying. And when I came out of that experience, it was, I, I didn't realize it at the time, like how much that would change my life. But I think because I was hearing this in the terms of receive and surrender for so long, it just wasn't getting through. And to hear it said to me like that, it's safe to be held, that changed everything. So after Bufo, <laughs> I know we're, we're going, if you're still with me, like, thank you for 
listening. <clears throat> but so this happened, Bufo. And then after Bufo, I started having dreams of, of frogs, like just dreams, um, remembering combo and my experience and how all of that changed my life. And we started getting frogs like appearing in our front yard, which is common for Austin, but like, I mean, a lot of frogs. And I told my husband, I was like, I think I really am ready to facilitate combo. And I, I, I don't know. I think I was just searching online. There was a school that I wanted to learn combo from, but then there was some weird shit happening with that school. And I found this other training program and they happened to be training the following week in Colorado. And they had, I reached out and they had one spot left and I was like, okay, this is a sign. <laughs> so I did my 11, a 10 day training to become a trained combo practitioner. And in that training, I mean, it was intense. We were training all day and experiencing combo and giving each other combo and learning the science and the mechanics of combo and safety protocols and how to be a responsible practitioner, as well as learning all the science and biology and chemistry of how combo works and the bioactive peptides in combo. So during these almost two weeks in Colorado, I realized that all the work that I've been doing in plant, in the plant medicine and sacred medicine space has really been prep and initiation for this work. And I am happy that I listened to myself and decided to go on my own journey before becoming a practitioner, because I really did feel prepared at this time. And then the actual training was the activation. So what's amazing about combo. And I didn't know this in all the sits that I had before with combo, including my combo reset, this was never shared with me, but I want to share it with you because I think it's important to understand how combo works. And because I'm serving combo, if you're interested in sitting with me, I think it'd be really good for you to understand this. So combo, the secretion of this frog is really a cocktail of bioactive peptides, 10 bioactive peptides that work wonders in the human body. All of these bioactive peptides are found naturally in the human body. And they have been um, researched in labs since the 80s when they were first, when the frog um, secretion was first brought to the US to be studied. And they haven't been able to replicate these peptides for prescriptions. But there's still a peak interest for pharmaceuticals because of how well these bioactive peptides work in the human body. So I'm not going to go through all of the bioactive peptides and what they do for more information. You can go to rubyframon.com forward slash combo K A M B O that link and more will be in the show notes, but I will tell you that these bioactive peptides work to alleviate symptoms of depression, of anxiety, of, uh, they can reduce, um, the size of tumors for those who have cancerous tumors, um, really great healing for diabetics. Um, it, it really supports with feelings of exhaustion, chronic fatigue, long haul symptoms, PMDD, um, menstrual cycle issues. Um, if 
people haven't been able to get pregnant, it works to support the journey of pregnancy. Um, I mean, the list goes on. These bioactive peptides are incredible. And I'm just so grateful to be doing this work. So again, for more info on combo and the science, just go to rubyfermon.com forward slash combo. So that's been my journey with <laughs> sacred medicines and plant medicine so far. I know that was a lot, um, but I want to end with a few words of caution. The first being that sacred medicines and plant medicines are not cures. Okay. Although, and they're not technically medicine, like in the Western world, we cannot deem them as medicine, um, because technically they're not, but they're like supplementation and tools to support you. The integration is the real work. So just like with combo, like you can have amazing physical benefits because combo is a very physical medicine or physical supplement, but you could also then go out and eat like crap and not take care of your body and then run into the same problems again. So the integration, that's the real work. Plant medicines and sacred medicines are just there to support you and they're tools to help you see what you don't see, to help you heal what you didn't know was there. Um, but it's up to you to integrate that work. I also want to warn you of the dangers of neo-shamanism and how shamanism has become a trend. It just seems like everyone now is calling themselves a shaman and it's fucking ridiculous. Like people have now created shaman certification programs and it's just, it's crazy to me because if you actually look at the Amazonian tribes and what they have to go through to become initiated to serve medicine, it's fucking intense. I mean, several people have asked me why I don't serve ayahuasca. And I've wondered that myself too, but the reason really always comes down to like, I am not at a place in my life where I want to go through that in initiation. I'm not ready to spend months on end in the Amazon going through the initiation process. I'm just not, and maybe, you know, 10 years ago I would have, but not at this stage in my life. And I say that right now, it might be different <laughs> later on. So don't hold me to that. But there's a real reverence that needs to go into this space that is not being upheld right now. And the neo-shamanism space, like a lot of people, they drink ayahuasca once or twice, ha have a life epiphany and then want to serve the medicine. And the dangers with that is that ayahuasca has a dark side too, you know, um, and in Peruvian culture, it's very well known. This dark side is where you get into the dark power hungry part of the medicine. And that's what we're seeing in our Western world. A lot of people, they just want to serve this uh, sacred medicine because well, for egoic reasons, because it, it deems them as like a powerful healer. They want to heal people, but they actually don't even know how to facilitate safe spaces. Like I shared with you, the circles that I sat with prior to finding my tribe, there's a lot of dangers with that because a psychedelic experience can also break people, you know? And I mean like a psychotic break. And a lot of times when you're in, for some people, when they're in a psychedelic experience, it opens you up and a lot of entities and darker energies can come in. And so the facilitator really needs to understand how to manage that space, how to pray in that space. 
and how to hold space for everyone in the space. So always look for a, someone with a, a lot of experience and who underwent a true form of initiation and don't be afraid to ask who initiated them into this work. What was that like? And also, as I shared at the beginning of this episode, like some people may call it plant medicine, but it's not, it's completely synthetic. So always ask about the medicine served, where they source the medicine, how it gets there, what form it's served in. And again, if it's a capsule, it is synthetic. I guarantee that. Okay. So that's my advice. And I think the final thing is really a question I get asked often, which is like, well, how do I know if I'm ready? I'm not sure. Do you think I'm ready? And I'll be like, if you're asking me that question, you're not ready. Like when you know, you know, and you might still be scared, but still know and still want to do it. So, and each medicine is different. Each medicine will call you in. So just trust that. And not everyone is called to this work and it's okay, but yeah, just trust the call and know that you have to be ready to, to go into this work. Cause it's really, really it's some of the deepest, most intimate work that you can do for yourself on yourself, um, for the healing of your family relationships and dynamics for the healing of humanity. It, it's incredible. <sighs> so <clears throat> that was a long episode. It's a lot of talking, <laughs> but I really appreciate you being here and listening. And I really hope that that answered a lot of your questions. Um, cause I know some of you had a lot of questions. And again, I talk a lot about my journey with ayahuasca in potent leadership, my book. So go grab a copy of that. If you feel called to work with me with combo and you want to book a private session session with me, I offer one-on-one sessions. I also offer sessions for couples or two friends, just head to rubyfremont.com forward slash combo to get started. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Potent Truth, where I'm taking you on a journey of, to challenge the illusion and lead with sovereignty. Just so you know, I am currently seeking eight awakened leaders to join me in the collective in 2022 next year. Now, the collective was formerly known as Thought Leader Collective. You may have heard about that before. So it has evolved. It's now called the collective and it's for the awakened leader who's ready to pave the way for humanity with absolute integrity and does not believe that popularity is the way they are really, really dedicated to serving over building status. So check it out. Just head to rubyframon.com for more information. And if it calls to you apply today. And again, if you have yet to grab a copy of my book, go do it. It's on Amazon everywhere. You can also go to potentleadership.com. It's on Audible and you can walk into your local bookstore and ask them to order you a copy. Now be sure to download a few episodes of this podcast and drop a rating and review on iTunes. I really like, please, if you have yet to do this, please do this for me. Please do this for me. If you appreciate the, the service that I provide through this podcast, please drop a rating and review on iTunes because all the ratings, all the reviews, all the downloads, they help get this podcast out to more leaders around the world. And then finally connect with me on social media. My handle is at I am Ruby. And if you do have a copy of the book already, please share it in your IG stories, share it in a post, use the hashtag, hashtag potent leadership, and be sure to tag me at I am Ruby 
and I will regram that shit. Okay. That's it. That's all for today's episode. Make sure you check back on Monday for a brand new episode of Potent Truth. Aho family. <laughs>